This is The 451. I'm Summer Brennan. I'm Jesse Hirsch. And I'm Jonathan Mann. And this is a podcast for The Resistance. feeling now versus right after the election i mean i don't know what's the what is there any is there any change have you guys gone through any ups and downs in that time i know that i have every five minutes i go through ups and downs mm-hmm. uh, it's just like any any news story that i read that's related to this um you know sends me in a new direction um but better better than right after the election for me at least yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like right after the election, it was, it was, I think about it a lot like a breakup. It's like that moment, the moment when you actually, it like when the breakup occurs, is maybe like, <laughs> yeah. it's like ground zero. It's like the worst moment. Mm-hmm. And like, literally, you feel it so physically, it's like it overwhelms you. And then it's like over time, that feeling is still there. And it just like gradually, but then I kept thinking too, like, I don't want to lose that feeling either because... I feel I don't like think you will. It's it's yeah, it's true. It's kind of impossible. It's true. What, what Democracy about, what about, broke up with this, but I really it. hope it takes us back. I know. I I'm not giving up. No. What's what was your trajectory, Summer? Like what was? Oh your... gosh. Well, I was really devastated right after the election. Way more than I was prepared for. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I assumed Clinton w- would win because I was anxious. Yeah. about the election. Um, but I, I guess I did feel pretty confident. And I think um, I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared for the outcome and I just wasn't prepared for how strong it hit me. I've never had a political event hit me that strongly other than, um, I guess, 9-11. And I, I feel okay saying that because so many people have said it to me. It's I know true. that it's people true. said it's maybe disrespectful because no. No. You know, people didn't it's, die. It's, it's but, fair. It's very fair, I think. Yeah. The Republican elector said it, so I feel better. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just being a, I'm not just being sensitive, a sensitive liberal, but um, it's it's a big deal. And it, it's what was strange for me is how um, you know, how much it affected me, considering I knew what it would mean if he won. I was looking through some of my notes, and I was writing about, um, you know, authoritarianism and democracy and what we would be facing under Trump. And so it's not as if I. I suddenly realized, oh my gosh, he's a fascist right. as soon as he won. And yet somehow it hit me as if I was just realizing that for yeah, the first time. Yeah, I agree. What what were the first things that you were afraid of? What what did you what did you visualize the terrible things to Oh gosh. Um I immediately started thinking of global events um mm-hmm. and what this would mean for foreign policy. But that's just because that kind of feeds into my background. I don't what about you, Jonathan? Uh, like like the my my first two thoughts of the, the two things that kept me up like most immediately that night and like my my wife and I like literally stayed up the whole night and like completely rewrote our plan for like the next two and a half years like wow. we, we oh completely <laughs> we had you know we're having a second baby in April and like we completely and utterly changed everything about how we're going to approach the next two years because of 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 what happened but like the two things weirdly the and i don't know if the, wh- why this is but the very first thing i thought the very very first thing i thought was like well there goes roe v wade was basically like i was <sighs> like i was like well yeah. that just seems like that just seems like a given and then and then your thing summer too like i was like i was like i was like i'm i'm kind of scared to live in new york now i'm kind of right. scared to live here like yeah. like it's a scary process so those were the things that were like most immediate somehow i don't Jesse, know why what about you 
Um, I just immediately started thinking about how terrifying it was going to be for the all of the people that he slagged over the course of the um, pre-election campaigning. Uh, that oh gosh, you'd be, you know, I, I I immediately the the next day what I started uh, googling was hate crimes, which was mm. kind of a uh, perverse thing to do because all it did was bring up things that made you feel awful. Um, but it, it, it kind of seemed inevitable that he had given license to people to kind of act on feelings that they had had implicitly before. And it was like, well, you voted That's for true. this guy. That just, re- actually, that just reminded me that one of my initial visceral reactions to this was feeling more vulnerable as a woman. Um, it just in New York walking around, like I, I, it gave me pause going out by myself at night. Um, which I maybe foolishly, but usually don't feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, my, my neighborhood isn't a particularly dangerous neighborhood, whatever that means for someone who lives in New York. But, um, it it definitely made me feel more vulnerable. I think for that same reason, because I worried that, you know, there's all, of course, there's already predators out there who will do things regardless of who's in office. But the idea that somebody has been validated, who, um, seems to condone that kind of behavior, who does condone that kind of behavior is, is terrifying. And we've seen what that means. Like we've had that, we've had your fear sort of, it's borne out, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's proven over and over again. Yeah. So what I was, what I was saying to you guys before, and I'll say now that we're recording is that, um, you know, while all of us have done things that relate to either politics or activism or journalism or some, you know, something in some way that's connected, we're, none of us are like particularly experts on, on this. Um, we're not constitutional lawyers um you know i don't run any any like civil rights organizations <laughs> but but just that i th- with you know i th- one thing that's that's been the most helpful for me since the election is connecting with other people mm-hmm. um and i appreciated that i mean you know like having friends like like jesse reach out and say hey let's meet up and talk about this let's get our friends together and, and talk about this or colleagues or people we haven't met but we know share common concerns and that I think that was sort of the idea with the podcast is we're not really here to offer expertise it's just to have another place to come and um, connect with other people that, that, you know, might share our concerns or disagree with other things, but just as another touch point. So I don't know how you guys feel about, about that idea generally. I, I totally think that's a, a great way to approach it. Um, I think just having a conversation on all of these things and it, and it happens so, so fast too, that kind of just having a marker in time for like, this is what is happening right now. Like tomorrow is the, the electoral college vote you know, and all the things that that means. Um, I think it's a useful conversation. Yeah. Is- yeah, to- totally. And like, I, I was just, sorry, I was just going to say like, um, you know, and I, I totally think that's, that's, that's sort of how we're trying to approach this is like, even using that word resistance, like, like, I don't think any of us have any, any illusions <laughs> about the idea of like, you know, who we are and what we have brought maybe even in the last 15 years or whenever mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to the idea of resistance, because this stuff has this, the stuff that is now at the forefront has been there. And many people have been fighting this fight, um, and many, many more vulnerable populations have been uh, have been struggling against a sort of fascism in our state for a long time. Sure. And now, and now it's like we're we're here, and and um, and things have just gotten to the point now where we can no longer be comfortable in our in in our um, 
frankly, our whiteness and our and our our ability to just sort of sit back and 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 let that be what it is. So I just want to like acknowledge that. No, that's very true. I mean, at, at, there's yeah, we're a all white, by now. the way. Sorry to interrupt you, but like, go <laughs> no, ahead. Yeah, sorry. sorry about that. We're gonna. I, 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 we. I want to make a point of having guests of you know people of color. So it's not all that. This is just you know indicative yes. of um, my circle of people that I knew. <laughs> and sorry, I'm. And that's what, where we are. We're at right now. So, but it's something we're aware of and we want to do. Sorry, I interrupted you, Jesse. Go on. Oh no, I was just. I was just gonna say that. I mean. The level of discomfort that we feel right now, uh, we should have felt it before, exactly. you know, but it was kind of easy to live our own lives um, and and not be as active as we probably should be. But I feel like a lot of people are kind of waking up to just how terrible this is about to be. I think, yeah, for me, it felt like a, a trajectory change um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, you know, I obviously I think many of us are, were aware that the protections that you're supposed to have as an American already didn't apply to everyone. Um, sure. You know, and we uh, saw that all summer long. Yeah, I, and and I and I felt. I mean, it's been heartbreaking to see so much of that happening, especially in the last few years um, with the Black Lives Matter movement. But of course, it's not that those were new. It was just attempts to put it more into the public conversation. So mm-hmm. it was already the case that, like I said, um, the rights of Americans didn't extend to all Americans or all people that are here. But I guess I maybe with some, you know, naivete, I don't know, but felt we were on a, an upward trajectory that there would be setbacks, but that we were working towards better equality and working towards having, you know, the freedoms of being an American apply to everybody. And now mm-hmm. it feels like we're in danger of a rapid reversal and loss of that instead. So I think it's, it's, it's fine to, you know, fear what's coming. I don't think it, nobody's saying that America was perfect before. Right. Um, or at least I was, I'm not. Um, no, none of us were, yeah. Yeah, far from it. Very true. So here we are. Um, so yeah, the idea of resistance, I think, is interesting. And I think every time we try to talk about it, we we get a little stilted because it's like, oh, because it's the sense of how do you, you know, yeah. it's easy is to put it, it in a hashtag, but like, yeah, is it a change.org petition or is yeah, it something more right, s- right. substantial? Well, and that's yeah. what's figuring out. And I think what's fascinating to me, and and I. I do think is inspiring is that so many people, it seems almost simultaneously without coordinating with each other, had this idea of resist. resist? Like we have yeah, to resist. Totally. I, yeah. I didn't get an email from like central liberal people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no central liberal command no. um, sending like, George Clooney didn't send me an email saying like, we have to resist. Um, or I don't know why I just picked him, but you know, some random person um, that, that maybe people on the other end of the political spectrum would expect but that it just sort of happened and i thought oh, we have to resist this and then there was other, yeah. i saw that happening all around me so there there is an interesting spontaneity to it all i mean much like we called that meeting together and, and spoke with you know some like-minded journalists about this stuff um i mean from from all the people that i've been talking to those meetings happened all over the city and they're continuing to happen you know this kind of feeling and, and urgency in people that you know let's get together and, and figure out what we're going to do next um that also just kind of happened. It didn't seem like it was part of some coordinated effort. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's and I think it's a lot of people like us, right? That that maybe have always been um, aware of and um, outraged by the the you know the lack of of protections for all all Americans, but but um, maybe never, weren't doing as much as they could, and and now it's like the, I do. maybe maybe this is like the one hopeful thing right is you do feel the sort of groundswell of 
of uh, you know that word grassroots, which to me is like a is a similar word to resistance. It's like what does that even mean? But like, mm-hmm. but it, but it, you can feel it a little bit, right? And that that's like the one thing that gives me hope is like we're 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 here now. Maybe we weren't there as much as we should have been, and we feel bad. I I know I feel terrible about that now, especially right. Yep. Um, yep. Even even just in, I know we've talked about this before, but like even just as, in as much as like the doors I didn't knock on and the and mm-hmm. the calls I didn't make for for Hillary or for Bernie and like right. and um but 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 all that <laughs> has changed and yeah. and I feel you know I feel very differently about it and and millions of people do too I mean it, but and it's on us too like that I think I feel like the president's press conference on Friday kind of yeah. made that pretty clear yes that you know if if this is going to be resisted it's going to have to be yes. bottom up that was the you broke it you bought it press conference. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how y'all feeling again? I, I don't know. Um, that was that was. Uh, I don't know what I expected. I did not. Yeah, expect, I, I don't, don't know, know why I I thought it was going to be different. I know why I thought it was going to be different, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I mean I just I I I continue to be. Um, amazed by what is being allowed to happen just totally in the open with um, Donald Trump setting up an authoritarian kleptocracy totally Mm -hmm. openly and and transparently. And I find it strange that that's being allowed to continue apace. So, yeah. But um, anyway. It is is kind of interesting that it feels like we here on the ground, not like like we said, the three of us, right? We're not political experts um well speak like, for yourself no i'm kidding no i know i'm kidding i'm just joking i'm joking i'm joking go on well you are the closest you are yeah, like you're the, the closest, closest no, no, no. To, yes. you know yeah, we should, you should we should uh, acknowledge acknowledge your bona fides you should acknowledge i have some your political fides. knowledge but you i have but some bona fides sure but i'm not so. a no I, I i was joking i know what you mean yes go ahead um <laughs> but but just just that the people that are in the positions you know to stand in the way of this and be like this is just so terrifying and we have so much to lose right now um, they don't seem to be the ones that are actually doing anything that we know of. I mean, that's something I think that's, um, I'll be the resident optimist. I mean, something that okay, people yes, need to yes. remember, of course, is that not all actions are public. Right. And most of the, most of the politics and things. Well, right? yeah. And, and, and a large portion of the, the most important actions that our government takes or the most devastating or the most, you know, whatever mm-hmm. we often don't hear about. Sure. I mean, do you do you feel that? Just just a gut level sense. Is is that something that you believe? I don't know that I can like give a an opinion on, based on gut level. I mean, my my political spidey sense is like <laughs> <laughs> this is you know just everyone that I know that works in that has any knowledge of geopolitics is just like mm-hmm. what the you know like how can this stand? And also looking at this, it just it smells so off. That I find mm-hmm. it impossible. Well, I find it not impossible, but I find it very challenging to consider that there aren't major things going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But just, but that's the thing, though. Is it, it? It is, of course, also dangerous to assume that because the right thing is so obvious that it will be done. Right, like not voting for Donald Trump for president. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, you know, and I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to do more work to understand. You know, it's, 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 um. It's really popular to paint any Trump 
voter with the same brush. And I do understand sure. people yeah. saying, well, even if you don't think of yourself as a racist, you endorsed a racist or mm-hmm. even if this and this. And um, I, I might be working on something, um, writing something about, I'm not so sure we'll see, but about um, women who oppose abortion. Who, oh, yeah. You're, you mentioned vote, that. Yeah, yeah. I've tweeted something about that, voting for Trump um, because I've talked to some people and it seems like that's a bigger issue than is being portrayed. So I don't know. It's uncomfortable, but like trying to find the real, talking about the real reasons for why this happened instead of the reasons why we think it happens. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. The reason, the reasons for why it happened, I think it's like, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you want to understand it to understand going forward, but you also don't want to just spend all this time like, like right. relitigating. If the, you look too far backwards, then you're not moving forward. Yeah. Just like, it's it's an interesting balance. Um, I see so many of these posts go up, go by on Facebook. It's like it's it was Bernie's fault. It was this person's fault. It was you know the the racists or whatever. Like yeah. it's, it's 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 women's like, fault. It, I kept saying it, that right. post a lot. Yeah, right, that was, it, that's it's women's really fault. Awesome it's the millennials' fault. It's like it's black <laughs> right. people's fault. It's you know, there's so many ways to cut it. And uh, I was trying to, I was thinking about like, it, it would be fun to make a list of just like everybody's fault, who it is. And the, <laughs> and I think, and I think the truth is it's, it's like everybody's fault, right? It's like, it's like literally. And Russia. And Russia. Whole, and, all, and Vladimir Putin. Hi, hi <laughs> Putin. How's it going? How, you can't discount Putin. You can't discount him. You, you know, he was we in the mix. Whole... Don't count him out. <laughs> He's in the mix. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, Hello, sir. If you're listening, welcome to our podcast. We, we, uh, you know, even even something as simple as the the election took place a week later this year the ele- the the election itself was sort of like a week longer because of like where the tuesday felt fell right yeah, yeah. even something as like small as that i think played a factor you know like if you look at if you look at the trajectory of their poll numbers like the margin of victory and, and so anyway, can it, I can I ask you guys a question? Um, I, no, I'm not, yeah, to- <laughs> I'm not totally sure if this was if this was verified. Um, but I do uh, recently read that uh, the whole thing, the whole hacking, started because John Podesta clicked on a link that he was sent, a spammy link, and one of his assistants said it was legitimate instead of illegitimate. I saw that. Did you see that summer? I did, and the type, I mean, the typo. Of course, the whole hacking started because the. Russian Federation has been targeting us with cyber warfare since there was such a thing as cyber warfare. So, right. I mean, the, I mean, let's be, let's just keep it real. I mean, did were they able to spearfish Podesta because of a typo from an aide? I mean, right. you know, it, obviously that was part of it, but it's just one of those things that you're like. Argh. I'm sure that was not the first phishing attack. You know, that was not yeah. the no. first. You know, that was the, certainly not. It was one of probably you know hundreds, if not thousands, that they've sent to. All kinds of people. So, yeah, there's so much going on in America right now. It's so really much. incredible. <laughs> I think people are just like, oh my god. You, I mean, it's amazing. Um, people really want information and they want answers and they want things that make sense and they want someone that can give them hope. And I, somebody, um, one of the comedy writers that I follow, um, actually, many of the comedy writers I follow have stopped being comedic after the election yeah. Yeah, they're like yeah. they're like i can't yeah. be funny this is not funny we're sinking. this is not funny yeah but but one of them said that um and i'm gonna pronounce her name wrong it's wendy molnio i think mm. sorry wendy um i'll correct your name at the end of the podcast but she i think was the one that said something along the lines of um that you know her son gets this look on his face 
when he thinks that suddenly there aren't any adults around, like in a mm-hmm. freaked, in a scared yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she I said that, that America looked like that. This sort of like, wait a minute, like suddenly like the kid lost in the in the vast grocery store or something. And it's like, mom, yeah. like, hello. Um, and yeah, there's nobody there. <laughs> right. And there's this sense of like, wait, leadership, where are you? What's happening? And I, I don't know. Um, anyone that's able to provide that right now seems to be getting a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Like yourself. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, I, <laughs> I, but but I mean, you know, but um, like the conservative independent candidate Evan McMullen, he's oh my god, yes, straight my my new hero. Um, like, don't tease me. Um, <laughs> no, because like I, he's willing to say it like it is, and and to his credit, he was saying this stuff about authoritarianism and Trump. You know, in July, this isn't mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. A, a new. I don't think he's capitalizing on Trump's win or anything. Um, or even like Lindsey Graham, who for all the things we disagree about, Lindsey Graham and I, Senator Graham, um, there are things that he opposes Trump on. Uh, he does not think it's a good idea to ally us with Russia. He is doing a bipartisan bill to protect recipients of the DREAM Act. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw that, yeah. I was like, whoa. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And he also, um, also he believes in science. He, he doesn't think science is like a liberal conspiracy and is fine and confident saying no, it doesn't make me liberal to believe scientists, like get your get your act together kind of. So it's interesting to watch him sort of people, you know, gravitate to him as well. And and but the difference in his tweet popularity is kind of funny. He tweeted something about like, you know, Donald Trump definitely won the election and it has like 62 likes or something. And then he tweets like, <laughs> we cannot allow Russia to breach our sovereignty. And it has like 17,000 likes, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, he's making a lot of new friends right now. He is. Yeah, I don't want to. I feel kind of bad because I'm. I'm looking to a lot of conservatives right now for leadership, which I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. all one country and they represent us. They make our laws. They defend them for everyone, not just conservatives. I agree. I saw I saw a tweet yesterday. Um, some guy said it was Evan McMullen is not our friend, and it just kind of listed some of his policy positions Come that on, were man. not so. And it was just like, really, are we in the playground? He's not our friend. Come on, like, don't you don't do you not see that we have a common enemy? Yeah, it, I, I'm I'm so on board with that because to me there there is the most sort of uh, the most sort of despicable Republican um, positions as as i see them um don't 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 compare to the sort of threat that i feel like tr- the sort of existential threat that trump poses so you know these times make strange bedfellows and i think that's and i think that's how it has to be you right. you know you if especially like you're saying summer if some of the most vocal and i think it's it's important to remember too that maybe there's stuff going behind the scenes that we don't know about yeah. but if in public the most vocal people are people with whom you disagree with on nearly everything but this one thing then it's very understandable that we would all <laughs> yeah come on all over. rally well, yeah, it's exactly. like if you're if you're in a boat and the boat is filling with water and you guys don't, you know, you're with somebody and you don't agree on anything else except that the boat should not sink. Right. Exactly. Like, That's don't good... push them overboard and say, yeah. like, stop trying to unload the boat with me. <laughs> yeah. They're not like me. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like yeah. me. Get out. I just want to do this by myself. Like, that's just insane. Um, you know, now, now, now uh, there's an interesting corollary to this conversation about finding allies in unexpected places. Um, um versus fascism or first versus a, a sort of authoritarianism which is look at what's happening in North Carolina 
Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and here's absolutely. a group here's a group of people that are that are sort of setting a template for our worst fears for the country. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and 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 uh, you know, in in a sort of even more twisted, ironic way, you'll recall a similar debate sort of was happening. It's not entirely anal- analogous, but when the when the North Carolina field office got got firebombed, mm-hmm. and there was there was the push uh, among among many liberal minded folks to to help them because you know because. For sort of the same reasons that you were saying, it's like we're we're all one country, and yeah. I felt like I could see sort of both sides of that argument. It's like, why do we want to rebuild the office of people who, uh, you know, want to deny trans people the right to use the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also understand the sort of bipartisan. You you want to be the bigger, um, you want to be the, the the adult in the room. Um, and I think there's this weird thing that happens where it's like. Democrats constantly try to, and Obama is like the 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 sort of epitome yeah, of the this, king and, of it. and the king of it is like try to be the adult in the room, try to be, and he did this his his entire presidency. This is who he is. He is mm-hmm. a statesman. He is. He plays fair. He's measured. He's measured, and now he's uh, mad. Sorry, go on. And and uh, <laughs> and you know, and what do we? What does our side, quote unquote, our side get for that? You know, it 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 it. Mm-hmm. it um, so it's. A, I feel like it's a well, complicated it, thing. It comes down to, I think, a question of diplomacy as well. Um, so as is clear, I think, or if you, if one goes to my Twitter bio, you'll see this. Like I worked at the UN for a while, and which of course is a place where diplomacy is designed to happen. And um, you know, the point of that is coming together with people you disagree with right, and right. trying to have a respectful conversation. And I think an important point about that is not everyone is in a position to put themselves forward as a diplomat of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's important too, because when I talk about this, there will be people that are so angry about um, what they feel the other party is opposing, um, whether it's, you know, whether it's because you're being told, I'm sorry, you know, you can't use the ladies room. And you're like, what, how, why are you, you know what I mean? Like whatever that is, um, or, or that you, you don't deserve, you know, marriage equality or that you're not a full human being because you're not a white person or whatever right. that, whatever that argument is. Not everyone is in a position where they have the, the wherewithal to, to do that, to have that conversation, but the to have convers- a measured, nice measured response. Exactly. Exactly. I mean like Van Jones right now, um, yeah. Yeah. is going around and talking to Trump voters. Right. And I mean, you know, more power to him um, for doing that. And I know a lot of people are like, no, don't do that. That's the wrong approach. You know, you can't, I can't have an argument with somebody about whether or not I'm a human being. Right. And that is totally fair. Um, But sometimes, and this is the tragic truth is, especially if people haven't ever encountered, you know, someone that isn't like them, it might not occur to them until someone is sitting in front of them saying, hi, I'm me, I'm a human being, and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about it. Right. I mean, I, I hope that doesn't sound horrible, but, um, you know, some, some like, I spent time in Pakistan, and I interacted with a lot of people who were um, Muslim fundamentalists. Um, I talked to, to people that supported bin Laden um, while I was there. I mean, I was, you know, in conjunction with refugee aid situations, so I was there sort of working um, after college. But it was interesting to talk to people that you'd assume would want you would wish me ill because of their mm-hmm. beliefs. Right. But we were still able to have a conversation. And I'd say, oh, so you, 
you like Bin Laden, tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah, you right, know, right, and right. and it's, I mean, and that sounds crazy, and I think that's a conversation that a lot of Americans couldn't imagine having. But it was mm-hmm. interesting to have that conversation because then you'd hear somebody's rationale for their beliefs, and um, I think the more conversations, I'm not, I actually maybe, I mean, it, it's it's unfair to call a Trump voter somebody that supports Bin Laden, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> No, we should have no, lead, but lead up to it. It's, 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 yeah, no, but 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 your but there. your but your broader point is there, right? It's like yeah. people who people who hold beliefs that are whole that that you find wholly repugnant. Frankly, you know, it's like Thank whether it's whether it's that. yeah, whether it's supporting Bin Laden or thinking that someone is not human because of the color of their skin. Like it's it's uh, it's just people who 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 you fundamentally on a on a basic level disagree with, and and I totally agree with you. Like I'm. I'm right there with you. I think like I think if you can and I think there's no I think for me I try to have as little judgment as possible like I'm as judgmental as the next person but like about um if you can have those conversations I think it's absolutely worth having them and if you can't I I don't blame you. I I, right. I feel like right. I feel especially like, if you're one of the people that's kind of discounted exactly. in those, in that belief system. Exactly. You know, like I, I just think that that's and I think it's and I don't even think that it's I think it's a, it comes down to an individual um preference or it's just like it's just because everyone's different. Everyone has a different tolerance level for that kind of thing and I just think that's because we're all human and we're all different. Yeah. We can't pretend that prejudice is doesn't exist even in like the most liberal circles. I mean, true. Because of course it does. Um, just ask, you know, yeah. ask your your friend of color how they feel having to constantly explain what it's like to be a person of color in publishing or in whatever you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Name the field. Um, women, women in tech. Yeah. Tech, journalism, publishing. Yeah. Everything. Everything. Uh, another thing that uh, North Carolina makes me think about too, as far as opposition, is. Um, it also kind of displays the limits of what that nice measured diplomatic approach can get you um, when the other side is playing so winner take all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so it's so interesting, right? It's like so frustrating. <laughs> it really is. So, it feels yeah. like a mi- microcosm of what's happening on the national level. Do you think it's a bad idea if we say what our worst fears are <laughs> for America? Oh. I've been thinking is that about too that. bad? So, for our, our hopeful podcast, why don't we say why don't we say what our worst fears are, and then why don't we talk a little bit about what each of us are trying to do on like a day to day basis to 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 stop it, or what our best hopes are, or both? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I I won't be graphic with my worst fears, but. I think, you know, my worst case scenario with this, actually, it's not my full worst case. I'll be nice to you. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm concerned that we are descending into an authoritarian fascist state with great speed. Um, and I am concerned that uh, this administration intends to intern American citizens and immigrants mm-hmm. um, and perhaps also harm them in other ways. Uh, I'm concerned that this will cause a global collapse of, you know, existing treaty systems um, that will be detrimental to pretty much everyone on the planet and that um, this will encourage, like, irreparable um, climate-damaging practices. And, yeah, so, so that's, my, that's, my, that's my worst fear. How about you guys? Samesies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, mean yeah. I feel like mine isn't that, isn't that different. And maybe, you know, like, like, 
um, having a having a kid and another on the way. Mm. Um, I just, I just, um, like my worst fears have a lot to do with the world, the world that they're going to get, the world that they're, that they're going to grow up in. And, and, um, or even if there is going to be like, you know, a lot of what I think about is living in New York and how, and how vulnerable now I feel just, just living in proximity to this city that, that I don't, you know, um, are we a target? That's what you're saying. Are we a target? And, and he's not taking the intelligence briefings. And I feel like is, is there, is there anybody at the wheel, you know, um, mm-hmm. to 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 keep to keep us safe, and but but then also, you know, just like broad, more broadly, like you were saying, like like internment, even genocide, yeah. you know, that 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 quote about I forget who said it, maybe Sarah Kenzie or um, forget who said it exactly, but the things he say, the things that Donald Trump says, being not lies, but the things that would have to be true in order to justify what he's going to do next. Right, right. Which would be some sort of uh, reactive situation where there, there was an event. That's that. That's like that. To me, is is just my worst fear. Is the is just to follow the through line of everything that mm-hmm. that that he says he's going to do, and it's just. And as far as as what you just said about you know, is there someone manning the wheel? I mean, all indications as far as the way that uh, he's pursued any kind of diplomatic relations with China or anyone else. Diplomatic um, relations. Yeah, I know, I know. Quote unquote Twitter, diplomatic Twitter, relations. Twitter relations. <laughs> yeah, Twitter relations. I mean, the, the stuff with the drone in the past couple of days. Oh gosh, it's it's like crazy. no, I mean, there isn't. It, it, there really doesn't seem. And and the people that he's putting in his cabinet certainly don't don't make me uh, feel any better about that. So what are your hopes? What do we what what do you hope will happen? What are you doing to make that happen? I have I have um I I'm and and I'm I'm a bit of a um of, a, of an evangelist at this point about this one one thing, two two things that I'm very hopeful about. One is is what we were talking about earlier is like all the different people that have now um thrown themselves into uh, this into doing stuff into yeah. and like and, and I think that's gonna, I think that's going to continue too. You I, know, think I think it's only I think the more get, things he do, will, yes. more people will be brought out of their comfort zone. Totally. And so to me, to me, like the most hopeful thing that I've done, the thing that brings me the most hope is join is joining local organizations that are fighting for the things that 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 I believe in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I joined here the fight for fifteen in New Jersey. They're trying to get fifteen dollar minimum wage for all of New Jersey and. Um, the legislature passed it, and Chris Christie vetoed it, and they're tr- they're trying to get it on the ballot so people can vote for it themselves. Um, and, and the other thing that makes me very hopeful for the future, um, if I can soapbox for just a second, Do is it. is this thing called Brand New Congress. And I don't know how much you guys have looked into it. Uh, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy idea. It's like it's absolutely nuts. And um, and the way that I think about it is like. Does it sound implausible or impossible? And it does. And then I'm like, but also Donald Trump is our president. So, so mm. anything that seemed impossible like before November 8th does not any longer seem impossible. So the basic idea very quickly is just to run a slate of, 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 of non-politicians uh, for, for all three, 400 plus congressional seats that are up in 2018. Uh, that are found in a very grassroots manner. You can go to brandnewcongress.com slash nominate to learn about how they're finding these candidates, which is fascinating. Uh, and it's taking this, the, the idea of these midterms, which is like traditionally not our strong suit on the left. Like it's not really what we're good at, right? 
um, and making it like a, a national campaign, making it something that like it, it's one unified national message of candidates, all four all four hundred plus. And I just think it's it's a brilliant idea for how to for how to sweep in and sort of just like stop him dead in his tracks. I haven't really looked at it, but that I but thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would I agree that my hope lies in the just the critical mass of people. Um, and I, I think that a lot of people who voted for Trump, I mean, my, my gut says this, the people who voted for him because they thought that it was going to mean a more economically prosperous world for them <clears throat> are going to feel like they got cheated pretty soon. I hope um, so. so. I hope so. I mean, I, mean, I, I hope th- that they see it. Right. Yeah. I can't do anything but hope. Um, but yeah, that just the, the entire idea of resistance and taking it to the streets. I mean, I, I, I just can't imagine that were something like camps to be instituted that, uh, people would be okay with it. And that's just my faith in, in humanity, I guess, Mm -hmm. but I have it. I hope you're right. We have to, I mean, that's, that takes active. That's what takes active resistance is that. Yes, absolutely. Is that all unthinkable things are unthinkable until they happen. Right. And mm-hmm. I think um, for me, I, I, you know, I with I don't mean to, uh, you know, offend um, the anti-vax people or anyone who's anti-vax who's listening to this. I will say that you're wrong and my apologies. But um, <laughs> like but but I think in some ways there's, that's sort of a metaphor that I've thought about for what's kind of happening in America is that. Uh, somebody was there was some polls going around that showed that fewer and fewer people s- seemed to think that living in a democracy was very oh, important. God. Yeah. And I and I and someone was asking, you know, how, can, some some uh, someone who I think it was a professor of Yale or Harvard or something like that was saying, I've studied democracy for several decades and I can't explain this. And and my unprofessional, semi-professional opinion is that it comes from people being so comfortable mm-hmm. living in democracies that they've ceased to understand. The mechanism, like what is making them so comfortable? It's like mm. a person living amongst the vaccinated, feeling right. that there's no danger of disease. Right, right. <clears throat> and I think they haven't seen anybody who who suffered from exactly. That like, how can you? What smallpox? That's a myth. And they find out, you know, I mean, not, not that people who are against vaccination necessarily don't believe in the existence <laughs> of diseases. Their right. arguments they go through their sorry but inaccurate arguments um, differently, usually, but. Um, but that that there's a you know a disbelief in something because you have been protected by it and then yeah. you let those protections fall out of that comfort and i feel like that's what happened and even among people like um you know myself who did get involved in the campaign although not nearly as much as i could have um people who voted certainly there's what half the country didn't vote right yep. i mean yep. um but even on our sense this this um lack of caring for our democracy and yeah. realizing democracy, that democracy what what has it ever done for us well no. or just be like oh this is something that will will happen like it just you know like when you're a kid and you think that your parents get money by going to the atm machine right you know and that it's just going to always come out and you know I, I go to the poll i do things i and of course this you know it's like this thing it's not catastrophic for you until someone's in office who you know enacts a policy which causes your life to degrade considerably or, you know, for you right. to die for some reason, or you, you know, you're, you're sent away to fight in a war we shouldn't be in or, or whatever. So I don't want to understate, you know, the dangers that America as it has existed for the last 50 years have presented, but anyway, um, not to go on and on, but just that, yeah, that people are sort of waking up to that idea of our democracy being something that we needed to pay more attention to and care for more. And so 
I hope that that can be mobilized before it's too late. I think we're in a real danger of um, Donald Trump suppressing uh, votes in a, a way like we've never seen, never even though seen, it's gone yeah. on. <laughs> um, right. I, back to that fear uh, idea yeah. that we talked before. <laughs> Tell I, me more about I, this fear. <laughs> I, no, I, just, I just feel like, uh, you know, the way that the Russia Russian democratic system, quote unquote, uh, is, is enacted is kind of what I've, I'm afraid of happening here. Right. You know, I think we have a real model that we can look at. Yes. And how we overcome that. I don't know. Um, I don't have answers for you this week, but <laughs> tune in next time for the fu- we'll 451. No. Um, but I, but yeah, I'm glad that you guys are having these conversations with me. And I think um, that's, what's helping a lot of people to realize that we're not alone. We're not alone with each other. We're also not alone in terms of our leaders. I mean, our leaders, but you know, the politicians that we have elected or have not elected that are in charge to some degree, um, many of them share our concerns. And I am right, personally right now, I'm trying to focus on how can I empower them to stand up for that. Yeah, you've got that really good list that you were compiling of the, yes, the, Twitter the list. politicians That's who were great. resisting. Yeah, I'm trying. And it is weird because, you know, talk about strange bedfellows because, you know, I made I made a Twitter list and you look through it and there's there's somebody you know, celebrating the appointment of someone who I think is absolutely disastrous to the Trump <laughs> right. cabinet. But I know that they're really freaked out by the authoritarian Other slam. things. Yeah. And so it's just like, <laughs> the thing is, is if you have a broad enough field like that, um, you, you, you only, you only, you don't need everyone for everything all the time. I think to find, you know, give a, have a bipartisan bill, what have you, like there's Lindsey Graham thinks we should protect the dream act people so right that's somebody and you and you kind of go from there do, do we want to ask people to um tell us what they're hopeful about and or what they're doing to resist oh you said you wanted to do like a message system for that right yeah i was thinking it'd be cool if people wanted to record themselves just even on their phone or um i have a google voice number they could call 510-402-6081 if you just want to call us and tell us What's, what was that number again, Jonathan? That number again is 510-402-6081. And if you want to just call and or record yourself and email it to uh, one of us or tweet at us. Um, be nice. And just tell us what, yeah, please be nice. Yes. What, what, okay. Tell us, tell us what. All you, nice, please. What, tell us what you're hopeful about. What What are you seeing in your community or among your friends that is making you hopeful? And or let us know you know, what you're doing on a daily basis to resist? What are your methods of um, standing up and, 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 and fighting this? Yeah. Do we have a dedicated email address yet? I think I made one, but I forget it. So we're going to add it at the end when we do yeah. a little like, hey, thanks, folks. Yeah. So I'm going to put that at the end of the, of the podcast. Um, but I'm going to do a very obnoxious thing right now and quote a tweet that I made, which is really terrible. Um, but it. I'm doing it anyway. And I think, you know, it's so normal to feel hopeless um, or to feel discouraged. And I, I mean, so I'm on Twitter constantly, as you guys know. Um, and I get a lot of messages and like, especially after the, you, you broke it, you bought it press conference of Obama's people were like, Oh my God, like, how do I go on? And, um, (laughs) so while it's normal to feel hopeless, um, I, it occurred to me, you know, I think there is no virtue in hopelessness. Um, and I also think there's no foolishness in hope. So, you know, it, it it only I think it, I mean it, hope is not the same thing as being blind. Of course, it can blind you, but I think it's important to to be hopeful even when things look very dark because 
that's the best thing that, that motivates you and gives you energy, or at least for me. So that's my, that's my, my yeah, plea to people is, you know, I mean, pe- like things are scary right now. And I think in some ways the world is so connected and even just talking in terms of, I mean, even talking in terms of weapons, like the potential for destruction um, and surveillance and all kinds of things are, are bigger and more frightening than they were in the past. But people have been in darker, scarier places than we are in now and um, managed to pull themselves through. Yeah. I mean, we're all in this. Just know that. Yes. Even the people we don't like. <laughs> we're all in it <laughs> That's a good point. Do we want to introduce ourselves at all? Just to have that? Yeah, let's introduce ourselves at the end. Yeah. This, is, this will be the end, and we can just t- tell everyone who we are. Okay. okay. Summer, you want to go first? Yeah, I will. Um, I'm Summer. My last name is Brennan. <clears throat> um, I am a writer, and I write essays, and uh, sometimes I work as a journalist, and I write books. And your previous life yes, was? Yes, um, and I, I spent uh, about eight years working with the United Nations, um, mostly on disarmament and international security, uh, but also on some other issues, specifically Middle East conflicts, um, atomic radiation, space technologies, and um, other things related to the environment or women's issues here and there. Wowza. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fancier than it is. It sounds really fancy. Um, I'm Jesse Hirsch, and I'm a journalist, uh, most recently at Good Magazine. Uh, I've been, which is a good magazine. You should check it out. Which is a good magazine based in Los Angeles uh, and a lot of other places for about seven years. Before that, I was a newspaper reporter in Wisconsin. And I'm Jonathan Mann. Uh, I am a songwriter and a maker of things. I write a song a day. I've been doing that for 2,909 days. Um, straight of, a lot of, of writing a song. I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. They made a, a record for me called uh, Most Consecutive Days Writing a Song. I'm considering... Thank you. Thank you. It <laughs> no, was a awesome. huge... Well, no, it's, it's a big deal. We need yeah. dedication and consistency in this country. Damn so it. I was thinking about devoting um, my the first hundred songs of Donald Trump's presidency to just every day writing about what he's done that day. Um, starting oh. on, on January 20th, <laughs> which, which the, I think maybe the most depressed, like there's many things that are depressing about that, but I think the most depressing thing is that that will encompass my 3000th song, which is like, you know, these milestones. Yeah. Um, so that, that is one of the, one of the most depressing things, but we'll see, we'll see if I actually decide to do that. But, um, yeah. And that's basically, that's basically what I do. I, I make a lot of songs. And, and make this podcast now. Songs are needed. And uh, Jonathan and I went to the same college. That's how we know each other. That's right. And we went Je- to Bennington College. We did. And, um, and Jesse and I met because I wrote a book about food and politics. And, and Jesse was writing about food and politics, right? Yeah. And we, um, we, we did a little in conversation with I con- the I conned him into coming to do a book short conversation with me. And I was, I was um, very grateful for that. So... I did not feel conned. I think that the, pe- the people who thought there were going to be oysters at that event, they might, they have, felt might have felt. Yeah, that was that was that was a different event. So that's okay. Um, but yeah, so this is us. Uh, we're the four fifty one, which is a book reference because I'm a book nerd. Um, so yeah. do you want to tell people where they can find us? 
Um, you can't find me. I'm currently hiding in the high desert. But other than that, um, no, I'm just visiting family. Uh, you can uh, come hang out with me on Twitter. I'm at, at Summer Brennan, Summer like the season, uh, Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And I spend too much time on there. You can come say hi. And you guys? Uh, I'm also on Twitter, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E underscore Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H. You can find me at Song A Day Man. That's just song a day m-a-n-n all one all one thing do you know that i just got that song a day man Con- oh. like i just got with that is it i got it i got it a few days ago wow so like, oh clever so now you know how sharp i am yeah yeah um, okay <laughs> so uh so anyway yeah that's that's us okay all right well thanks for listening and hanging out with us um we're all in this together and um yeah here we go here we go here we go everyone it's summer again so i just wanted to correct my pronunciation of wendy's name it is malino so uh pardon me for that and i wanted to let everyone know that you can find us on the web at the451.com that's the451 all written out.com and there you'll find our secure email address using proton mail as well as a phone number to leave us a voicemail and how to reach us on twitter This has been The 451, a podcast for the resistance.